Welcome to the Dildor, Storky Discourse on Sex, Dating, and Masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex blogger, a sex journalist, and I just got fucked real good by someone I call Daddy, who is not my literal dad. Uh, who are you, friend? <laughs> I'm Bex. I'm a sex educator and a sex blogger. Uh, and I've never had a partner that I regularly call Daddy. But I have called people daddy during sex pretty sure never had like a daddy that i called daddy i've never even called my dad daddy dad semantics i actually weirdly uh since having a daddy have almost called my real dad daddy multiple times by accident like it's just fallen into my vernacular i guess and i keep almost doing it and being like fuck no that's weird i can't do that (laughs) So today we're talking about daddy doms and kink dynamics involving those. Um, This is something that is important to both of us. It is close to both of our pervy little hearts. And I I think it's important to note that the daddy cast is a live cast, and it is also a (laughs) celebration of Father's Day because we're fucking perverts. (laughs) I just realized that I I didn't buy a Father's Day gift for my daddy, or for my dad, actually. Which, like, I'm a shitty daughter and a shitty submissive. Like, you gotta get, like, like, a number one daddy thing or something. Oh, God, I can't believe I did that. That's a rookie mistake. I found a shirt uh, <laughs> in a, like, pet store recently that said, drink coffee and play with puppies, and almost bought it for my sir, because I was like, that's your whole life, <laughs> in a nutshell. <laughs> Dude has literally drank coffee while spanking me. Like, just like the mug in one hand. Like, nah, hang on, I'm thirsty. That is just the chillest. I love that. You gotta caffeinate sometimes. I know, right? For those long sessions. (laughs) So, tell me about your history with Daddy Doms. Is this something that you're into? And, like, when or how did you figure that out? So... We all know I'm a pup, but for a while I kind of thought of my pup kink as, like, a daddy little kink, uh, because what I liked about it is that nurturing kind of dominance that, like, Mm -hmm. the dominant cares for you, um, and, like, I talk about, like, wanting to be someone's fuck toy, but also I have to be their favorite toy. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I like to be objectified in a way that is cherished and cared for, which is yes. really big part of, like, that daddy-dom kind of dynamic. Uh, the difference mm-hmm. is I found littles, while they get to be, like, childlike and just inherently less than the dominant, they also mm-hmm. tend to be more on the helpless spectrum. Like, you leave a kid in the woods, the kid's not gonna get out of the woods. Um, you leave a puppy in the woods, puppy's a wolf now, I guess. Um, and, like, they'll figure it out. So I kind of like the more high-energy playfulness of a pup and, like, the independence. And, like, they're still their own creature, but they're also, like, fiercely loyal to this dominant who is inherently more powerful than them on account of, like, English and thumbs. Um, so, uh... 
that was kind of the evolution there. I've always really, really liked the word daddy and liked the idea mm-hmm. of, like, for a while when I wanted a dominant, I wanted, like, a 24-7 daddy and someone that I could call daddy. Um, and there was a little while there where, like, I wanted to call my sir that, but he is he doesn't feel strongly about the word, really. Um, so mm-hmm. it never really happened. And, then, and I never brought it up because I'm a coward and a bad sex educator. And, um, I know that life. <laughs> we've talked about it more recently, and he was like, oh, yeah, you could call me that if you want. Like, sure. But, like, at this point, I was like, I mean, I guess, like, I'd consider calling him that in, like, a sexy context. Like, the same kind of mm-hmm. context where he would call me a slut or whatever. But he's not mm-hmm. my daddy. He's my sir. Like, just like I'm right. a pup. You know, even if he calls Mm -hmm. me a slut or a fuck toy or whatever other honorifics when we're playing, those are like sexy, dirty talk words. And that's where daddy would fall for me now. Um, And we've played with Mm -hmm. it a little bit. And that's kind of where it falls for me on that. Um, If I met another Dom, like I could totally see myself playing with the, you know, calling them a daddy uh, 24-7 and being in one of those dynamics. Uh, I'd still be mm-hmm. a pup, but, uh, but yeah, it's just, my sir's name is sir, not daddy. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you? Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, so I, I have a similar feeling of like being drawn to this like benevolent, caring type of dominant. And actually that for a long time made me feel like I wasn't really submissive because I feel like a lot of the media images we have of DS relationships are like the dominant being really mean to the submissive and like hurting them a lot and saying mean shit to them. And like, don't get me wrong. I like that sometimes, but I don't want that to be sort of like the bread and butter of my relationships. It's just not, it doesn't turn me on in the same way. And it doesn't make me feel as like psychologically supported. I feel like when a daddy hurts you, no matter what context it's in, the baseline is to make you better. Yeah. You know, like, that's the understanding. Yeah. Or because daddy mm. thinks it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also great. Yeah. I think the first time that I, like, really acutely noticed these feelings was I took this, like, journalism and law class in one of my later years of journalism school, and one of the instructors was, like, a lawyer who would show up to class wearing a suit Um, and he was like this handsome man in his late forties. And I remember just like kind of zoning out in class one day and having this like vivid fantasy that I was bent over his lap and he was like spanking me and calling me a good little girl. And I was like, Oh, where did that come (laughs) from? Uh, (laughs) and at one point I listened to the age play episode of the podcast, why are people into that? Which is amazing. That episode is so good with Susie, right? Yeah. It's with Susie Ugh. Q. Uh, it's like and my she's favorite being interviewed episode by of Tina show. Horn. Might might be mine too. Yeah, it definitely like gave some language to some concepts that I had been thinking about a lot and fantasizing about a lot, but didn't have a lot of language for at that time. Um, as far as referring to myself as a little and referring to a partner as daddy. Um, and for a long time, I was kind of looking for this like mythical daddy partner. Like I was sort of try it on with people I was dating and never felt quite right. Like if they weren't quite authentically dominant in the way that I like or if I just for whatever reason didn't feel submissive to them it, it didn't really work for me um and then in my current relationship we were on our second date 
and we were having this like intellectual kink conversation over coffee and Scrabble at this cafe. And, um, and he mentioned, he was like, I've thought a lot about like wanting partners to call me daddy in the past. And I've, it's always felt kind of weird to me and I've never really like been super comfortable with it, but I'm like really drawn to it. And I was like, Oh, that's really interesting. Cause like, I've always wanted to call partners that too. And I've always felt kind of weird about it. Um, and, uh, a few weeks later we kind of negotiated this like DDLG dynamic cause we were really feeling that way strongly both toward each other. And so I have a boyfriend now and also he's my daddy. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. I feel, I feel really good about it. I used to listen to the big little podcast a lot when I was like figuring it out. Oh, I didn't even, I've never even heard of yeah, that. Yeah. It's a whole podcast on like ABDL and it's more like baby stuff um but listening to it was a lot of me being like wow a lot of this lines up and a lot of this doesn't i'm wondering where i fall on that like little spectrum and like age play stuff mm-hmm. um and that's kind of where i was like i was like this kind of fits and then i started playing with the pup stuff and i was like ah okay yeah i found it i fixed it <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how I feel about using the word age play for my own version of, like, DDLG stuff, because, like, I do get called a little girl and little one and princess and stuff, but I don't really think of myself as, like, regressing in age, I guess, or, like, the persona that I become is more of, like, a 12 to 14 year old girl, which I guess doesn't feel that different from my current self, um... It's more just, like, a state of, like, psychologically feeling smaller than my partner and feeling taken care of. And I don't personally attach, like, a lot of, like, specific age-related stuff to it. But I think it's super interesting that some people do and that they're able to make that work. Yeah, anything... Like, I do kind of play with age play stuff, but it's in the, like, whole teenage boy thing that I like. Mm -hmm. Um, Playing with, Mm -hmm. like, high school playing as like high school age boys and like bullies and you know locker rooms and that kind of stuff um Mm -hmm. so that's definitely would fall under the age play umbrella but not in the way of like um people who play with like adult baby fetishes or even like in the toddler age group and like to like Mm -hmm. really really regress back um for me, I'm definitely in the, like, puberty to late teens that I like to kind of play with, but it likes... Yeah. It, for me, it definitely does feel like a different headspace, uh, mm-hmm. and less, like, grown up than I have to be for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. I definitely have, like, a mental state that I refer to as little space, which is a term used a lot in age play communities. Um, And it's similar to subspace, but I feel even more sort of like helpless and and needing someone to take care of me and stuff. And I've actually been thinking about this a lot lately with regards to polyamory, because I at first I was like, I don't know if I can actually be in a dynamic like this and also be poly because it feels like the dynamic is so reliant on like a 24-7 caretaking type of relationship. And I was noticing I was feeling more like jealous and possessive about my partner than I have with any previous partners who I was non-monogamous with. And I think it was because of this like kink element where like part of me feels like I am his little girl. Like I want to be his favorite little girl. It's like hard when 
Um, he has other partners, uh, but it's definitely helped that like we agreed that our DDLG stuff is just for us and we're not going to do that with other people, which for me creates a feeling of like specialness and um, singularity that I feel like is really important. And I need that kind of like trust in order to go into the vulnerable space that this kink can create. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Cause I find like a dynamic like that for me uh, works kind of the opposite in that it helps with the poly stuff, kind of the way you were talking about how like your, the DDLG stuff is only for you. Like, you know, my partner can have other partners and whatever, but like I am his only pup. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's like, that's a thing that we've like talked about and negotiated and I'm like, yeah, you know, I I don't feel jealousy feels about much else, but like, don't, don't call other people that that's different, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so kind of having that unique thing to our relationship in that way, um, Mm -hmm. kind of helps mitigate a lot of jealousy. So I think having any name that you have for a partner like that can be really or any dynamic that you have can be really helpful with that yeah uh a lot of people when you talk about daddy kink have like a strong knee-jerk reaction to it because they think immediately that it has to do with like literal incest (laughs) um or like wanting to fuck your actual dad um did you ever have like gross or like unethical or like weird feelings that you had to like work through when you figured out that this was something you were into not really to be honest because like daddy i've never called like of my father daddy or my stepfather Mm -hmm. like that's not a word that i've ever used or ever really related to family it like only (laughs) super came into my lexicon as a kink thing So, like, anytime I hear people call their actual father that, I'm like, what is your life? (laughs) What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Like, my dad was Papa, because my mom thought we were on Little House on the Prairie. Uh, (laughs) And now he's just Dad. So, like, Mm -hmm. Daddy wasn't... Ah. What, like, never was anything other than a sex thing for me. Mm -hmm. I know you had a different experience, though. Yeah, I mean, the weird thing is I also don't call my dad daddy. I never have. Um, I've also not particularly had this type of relationship with my dad. I mean, aside from the sex stuff, obviously. But, like, we never really had this kind of, like, nurturing, uh, openly caring type of dynamic, which, like, some theorists would say that's why I crave it with with partners now. I don't know. But, um I definitely at first did feel weird about it, especially because my daddy dom feelings are often also connected to spanking, and I did get spanked as a kid as a punishment, non-consensually, of course. Um, So for a while, I had all these feelings of like, am I just like sublimating weird thoughts about my dad and like wanting to call partners daddy while they spank me and like, what the fuck's up with that? Um, But eventually, I just kind of realized, like, I don't think it is related. And even if it is, like, I can't pry that apart from my sexuality at this point. And, like, there's no point in trying. And, like, I definitely am not thinking about my real dad when this stuff is going on. So, like, I really don't think it's relevant. Yeah. Yeah. A few times I have, like, weirdly, like, thought daddy things and, like, my brain has made that leap. Like, I've been in, like, a sexy headspace and been like, yeah, daddy, whatever. And then my brain has been like, 
ah, yes, you bring up image of father? Yes. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, nope, no, that's not what I was. God, fucking, we're done now. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> but I think that's just, like, the side effect. I have had um, similar experiences of that honorific coming up in, like, ways that I did not want it to. Like, um, you may recall, if you read my blog, I was in love with a vanilla person for a while, um, which is difficult. <laughs> um, and I would notice that sometimes I would just have this, like, craving during sex um, to call him daddy, and I knew that he would not be down with that. Um, at one point we had had this conversation where he, he didn't entirely know that I was into this stuff and he kind of like distastefully was like telling me a story and he was like, yeah, like a partner of mine wanted me to call, call her princess and she liked, uh, to call me daddy. And he, he was like, he seemed to think that was kind of weird. And I was just there like, oh, interesting. Okay. Um, <laughs> trying to be You don't cool. say. Hmm. <laughs> But it's, like, weird how, like, I've, there's so few partners I've had who I've actually had the the desire to call that. Um, I even had, like, a dummy fuck buddy at one point who was, like, trying to explore that kink with me and would, like, call me little girl and stuff. And then he would be like, you know, you could call me daddy if you want to. And I would just look at him and be like, nah, like, <laughs> you're, you're not. You're no. not it. <laughs> nah. Yeah, because like yeah. even people who I feel submissive to, I don't always necessarily want to call them that. It's like a very specific type of dominant and a very specific type of feeling about someone. Yeah, I remember I had a, uh, I had a similar conversation with my sir like way way back when we started talking. He made some comment about someone calling him sir and him feeling weird uh, about someone calling him daddy rather, mm-hmm. and him feeling weird about it. And I was like. Hmm, okay that's interesting that you say that okay um and then like more recently he sent me a picture of like his feet up uh with new boots that just said daddy got a new pair of boots and i was like um hello hi and like i called him out on it and he's like i was just excited about the boots and i was like how was how did you not see that as a sexy thing like, how is that not the hottest thing you've ever oh my god okay <laughs> And that kind of started the conversation where we talked about, like, how do we feel about this word? Like, mm. um, but yeah, I get what you're saying about it being like a specific feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but when we first met, I had a crush on someone that, so I don't, I don't, people don't get names uh, until they earn them. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> especially, especially cause like I'm talking to Kate and she's not local. So like she never, <laughs> she's not going to remember who the, she's never met these people. Yeah. Um, but this dude was daddy feels for a mm-hmm. long time. Yeah. Because he used to like very specific daddy feels. I mean, mm-hmm. for the love of God, he used to like kiss me on the forehead and say, make me proud. Like how the fuck? <laughs> That's the what am I supposed to? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the first time that I ever had sex with my current boyfriend, um, he knew that like princess is a word I like to be called. And like after we had sex and we're cuddling and stuff, he like whispered in my ear, do you want to be my princess? Which like because of the way that I conceptualized those roles in my mind, I honestly interpreted that question as like basically, do you want to be my girlfriend? Like, do you want to be in a ongoing kink dynamic slash relationship with me? Um, yeah. And I was like not not into it, but I was like a little surprised because I was like, oh, we just had sex for the 
first time on our second date, like it's a little heavy. Um, (laughs) And it was kind of then that I realized that like these honorifics have become more than just like a fun, cute thing you can say to me in bed. Like they have taken on like a serious uh, emotional and psychological role for me, Um, which is why it kind of puts me off when like random strangers call me princess or whatever, because they think that I'm going to like that. Yeah, I can't, like, I, I, even, like, when I hook up with other people, I'm, like, they'll ask me, like, what, you know, what words I use, and I'll be like, you know, I like good boy, I like this, I like pup, but you can't call me that, um, but, (laughs) and, like, I actually say that now, because Mm -hmm. I have had people, like, just just spring that word on me, I guess, just because of... (laughs) how I act and stuff. Mm. Like, I had someone once who'd be like, oh, you're like a good little puppy. Oh, wait, I can't say that. And I was like, you're you're not wrong, but also, that's not you. (laughs) Because it's just interesting. Weird for me, like, outside of a specific dynamic. And, like, it's different when friends call me that. Like, you you call me pup and, like, whatever, but that's not a kink thing. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I was thinking about that, too, because I have some, like, sort of submissive femme friends who call me princess. Um, but coming from, like, a subby femme, it, it sounds like a term of revere, like a term of respect. Uh, or, yeah. or just of them sort of seeing me for who I really am, which is a goddamn glorious femme princess. Um, yeah, like, I I have definitely <laughs> called you princess, but, oh, totally. like, not trying to top you. Yeah, no. If it, Just if it reminding you. Yeah, I think sometimes it's not clear. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's mostly just like cis dudes when they call me that, which is just like there's so many things the cis dudes just cannot do. (laughs) It's and I think it's the intent, like when people are clearly doing it to woo you, yeah, or because they think they suddenly have this superpower. (laughs) Like I went into, uh, I went into two different kink shops yesterday. Uh One was The Leather Man on Christopher Street, Mm -hmm. which I adore. It's where I'm getting my new leather uh, harness. They're custom fitting it for me to work with my packer. Amazing. Um, And their pride window uh, is a bunch of shirts that say, thank you, Marsha, and thank you, Sylvia. So Mm -hmm. thanks for actually remembering what pride is about and honoring the trans women of color that got us here. Um. Then I went into a different kink shop, which is uh, more a gay underwear shop, so I'm excited because I have a place to get jock straps now. Um, but I walked in, and dude there goes, uh, I like your collar. Thanks. Who let you out without a leash? Ugh. Matt? Nope. No. <laughs> no. So, uh, I was like, I like, without missing a beat, was like, don't worry, my sir's got it at home, and kept walking. <laughs> Like, excuse you. Why do people think that that's okay? Yeah, and they think it's, like, charming, and it's like, okay, no. Nope. It's still, like, you being uncomfortably sexual with a stranger. Yeah. Even if it's a kink thing and not a regular sex thing. Like, regular. You know what I fucking... (laughs) But stop. Like, but don't. I rest my case. (laughs) Um, I rest my case. I won't allow it. (laughs) 
Yeah. So you've recently gotten into being called daddy, which is Oof, a twist yes. that I was not <laughs> expecting. <laughs> Tell me about yes. that. <laughs> um, it has come with feeling more mask. Uh, so <clears throat> I've always struggled with saying if I'm switchy or not. Mm-hmm. Because I'm switchy in all of the psychological and power exchange aspects of kink. But not necessarily, like, the physical stuff. Like, I don't feel strongly about hitting people or tying them up or any of that stuff. Like, that stuff I would do as service. And mm-hmm. I would be, like, service topping. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do kind of like the feeling of being in charge, even though I'm not super confident in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've always walked the line with it, like, am I just a submissive brat or am I switchy? Because mm-hmm. um, I'm definitely a brat. But... Uh, coming into feeling more mask has made me feel way more toppy lately. Like, at this point, I pretty much only feel subby to my sir. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to beat up all the pretty boys. <laughs> um, Interesting. So that's a thing. <laughs> uh, and I, um, and, like, some of that has definitely come with, like, wanting to be called daddy and, like... I've had, like, elaborate... You know those fantasies that come up only when you're jerking off? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, oh, that's new. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've had a few of those, like, very detailed fantasies that my brain produced about being called daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had a adorable subby boy introduce me to someone once, uh... Like, the person was like, oh, what's your name? And I had a mouthful of food. So he looks over and he goes, this Bex also answers to daddy. And I was like, um, well, you're not wrong. (laughs) However. (laughs) Um, but yeah, like, I've always, as an honorific, I've always liked sir, but definitely liking the idea of being someone's daddy. And Mm. like... Uh, like, leather daddy kind of, uh, not necessarily as part of an age play thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, definitely as part of a gay thing. <laughs> I would leather. like to point out that you're dressed as a dad right now for this live stream, and you are so fucking good. <laughs> I want to note, though, like, there were a couple of different ways I could have gotten dressed as a daddy. Mm-hmm. Um... That I could have decided on. Like, I could have gone leather dad and had... I almost got a chest harness today. I'm waiting for it to be fitted. But I could have gone, like, chest harness and, like, leather hat and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But instead, I settled for button-up shirt with a leather tie slightly undone. And no pants. (laughs) Because (laughs) the webcam can only see my top half. (laughs) So this is... um, dad two beers in watching the Jets game after a long day at work. <laughs> that is the dad I settled on. Because it's 11 o'clock at night and I can Fuck That and Fuck Yeah is our weekly segment where we tell you something we hate and something we love. And this week we're talking about daddy doms. Hey Bex, what's your fuck that? So... My fuck that is my own perception 
that I need to always be self-sufficient and kink has to always be fun and sexy and exciting because, uh, for me, a lot of this, like, nurturing DS dynamic is my sir fucking taking care of me when I need it and Mm -hmm. having to yell at me when I don't eat well for a couple of days or fall into, like, bad self-destructive habits. Mm Um, and I... I mean, the food thing is not, like, a controlling your diet so you can be healthy kind of kink thing, like, a la Fifty Shades. <laughs> he watches my food because I lapse into dumb, vaguely disordered eating tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, sometimes it means him being like, dude, you can't do that. Um, and, like, that doesn't feel good and also it's important so Mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard to kind of remember that and I'm like oh I'm sorry it's not sexy for you to be my sir when you're yelling at me I didn't mean to ruin everything (laughs) um but it's just a matter of like remembering that he does it because he cares about me and it's important and that's part of the gig when you've got this kind of nurturing dynamic you know Mm -hmm. like he's doing it because it's good for me and that's relationships don't always have to be fun for everyone sometimes yeah. things are hard yeah and it's still good mm-hmm. it's very what true. about you my fuck that is limiting stereotypes about submissives because uh, like i said i feel like this is one of the things that made it take me so long to figure out that i am indeed submissive um, it's just, I, I didn't see any like media models of the type of submissive that I am. Um, I am very like giggly during sex. I very much want to be a good girl. I'm not really bratty. I'm also not super serious all the time. Um, and I, I don't always like to be like manhandled or like had, have mean things said to me. Um, and I feel like there are so many different ways to be submissive and also so many different ways to be dominant. And it's just always good for there to be more images of what these things look like so that people can figure out what they are and like feel comfortable using the labels that, that they like. What's your fuck yeah? So my fuck yeah is gender bent daddies. Ooh. Cause like, I mean, cis male daddies are great. Daddies of every other gender in the world are extra great (laughs) it's just oof something about calling someone daddy who like isn't a cis dude is like subversive and delicious and Mm -hmm. I love it so much can we talk about how Rosa Diaz from Brooklyn Nine-Nine definitely wants you to call her daddy (laughs) oh absolutely Uh, I feel a lot of ways about that (laughs) yeah what's your fuck yeah My fuck yeah is productivity doming. Um, This is a thing that I feel like I've always needed and wanted ever since I realized I was submissive, basically, as like a a dominant person to take an interest in my productivity and my workflow and to help me with those things um, in in kind of more of a lifestyle way than a sexy kink way. Um, But I've never really had partners who seemed fulfilled by that in the same way that I felt fulfilled when they did it for me. Um, but my current partner seems to enjoy it enough and he'll like offer me rewards and stuff if I complete certain tasks. Like at one point I was working on this like big, big project that I really didn't want to do. 
And he offered to send me a video clip of him winking after I finished it, which like, I'm really into winking, especially winks of people I find attractive. So like, that was a really good motivator for me. Um, and I honestly find that I've been so much more productive since I've been dating him. Uh, and also just like kind of taking better care of myself in terms of like eating and like remembering to drink enough water and stuff. Um, which is something that I feel like isn't talked a lot about, about kink in the media. It's like seen as this like just sexy thing, but it's kind of a psychological framework for like your whole life, or at least it can be. Um, and it, it can be really like restorative and helpful in a lot of really interesting ways. Did you have so, a listener question? Oh, yes, we do. Uh, it's a long one, so we're going to kind of play with the cliff notes here. So background information, they're pretty vanilla, um, but they've spent a lot of time in therapy and recovery, and they've been studying a lot about, like, kink and sexuality and all that. Mm -hmm. um, so they say, as time passes, I'm becoming more and more convinced that I have a daddy kink. Whether listening to a podcast or reading an article about this topic, I always end up having, in the adorable intonation of Bex, um, a lot of feelings? <laughs> One of my professors this past semester... Bleh, that was not a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> you tried. <laughs> uh, one of my professors this past semester came a bit of a mentor for me, and a lot of our interactions resulted in lots of feelings for me. I feel like I won't be able to determine whether or not this kink is actually pleasurable and fulfilling for me until I experience it with a partner. But as it stands, it gives me a hell of a lot of feels. However, I'm, I have simultaneously been feeling intense shame and embarrassment about possibly having this kink. I feel like an incestuous weirdo. Why can't I just be normal and like people my own age? Is my kink inextricably linked to my relationship with my father? And if so, what the fuck's wrong with me? I feel like there is a healthy way to incorporate this kink into my life that will ultimately be a huge source of fulfillment for me, but first I have to get over this shame and embarrassment. I was wondering if either of you have ever felt this type of shame and embarrassment. Should I just accept that I might have daddy issues and extend past the typical idiosyncrasies of most father-daughter dynamics? Or is there a healthy dimension to this situation that I'm not seeing clearly? Sincerely yours, Vanilla Daddy Dilemma. So, the first thing I have here, um, sentence that really stood out to me is that you say you feel like you won't be able to determine whether this kink's actually pleasurable until you experience it with a partner. Mm -hmm. Um, eight... I understand where that comes from and feeling that way, and your sexuality doesn't exist exclusively in how it relates to a partner. Um, and you can have a kink and never explore it with a partner, and that's totally valid. Mm -hmm. um, and you can have kinks that you learn you have because your partner's into them, and that's and you do it only with one partner because that's that dynamic and no one else, and that's also totally valid. Mm -hmm. But like explore this shit in your brain and explore it while you're jerking off and like mm -hmm. don't wait around for someone else to show up to prove that this works for you or not like embrace it and play with it on your own and see how that feels and it's not any less valid if you love it for six months solo and then you hook up with someone and try it out for the first time quote unquote for real with someone else and it doesn't work like, mm -hmm. it's still a kink in your head. There are countless people that watch porn of things they are never going to try. And it's still real and valid. And you don't have to just give up enjoying it because you don't actually want to do it. Yeah, totally. I was going to say you could seek out fan fiction or porn or erotica or whatever that has this kink in it. 
as a way of sort of normalizing it for yourself. Because I know that when I was exploring a lot of my early submissive feelings, it really, really helped me a lot to read kinky Sherlock fanfic. Um, Because I was sort of seeing these characters that I already knew in these situations that were intriguing to me. And it sort of helped like acclimatize me to those kinks and to the idea that I might participate in those kinks myself. Um, Seems like a silly solution maybe, but like honestly it helped me a lot. Um, The other thing is I think it's bullshit to say like that this comes from your daddy issues because like like I said earlier it might but like whatever like all of our psychology is built from like all of the things that have happened to us in our lives and that's true for everybody and whatever type of person it's shaped you into that's who you are and like you can change that to some extent but like I don't think it's a useful exercise to try to pick apart like where did this kink come from it's fun and interesting sometimes to try to figure out the origins of these things but I don't think that you need to like judge yourself harshly for where you think things came from because ultimately like if you have the kink you have it like you might as well play with it and like try to you know have fun with it and Um, like the idea that it's just the result of your quote-unquote daddy issues mm -hmm. like you're somehow means you can't play with it like right that's feels super ableist to me honestly like Mm -hmm. who's sane enough to be kinky and who isn't yeah like (laughs) i've got all kinds of different hang-ups and sometimes like I I have a ton of issues with anxiety and I find nurturing dominance super helpful because it mitigates that anxiety. I like mm-hmm. being told what to do because I don't have to stress about trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I'm still allowed to do that even if it's a result of my mental illness. Yeah. And it's still allowed to turn you on. Like, those two things do not have to be separate. I feel like there's, like, a lot of people who try to delegitimize certain kinks by saying, well, like, you really need it psychologically for this other reason, like, because you you have these mental illnesses or whatever. It's like, that can be true, and also it can turn you on and be a part of your sexuality. Like, sexuality is very linked to a lot of different parts of our brain, and, like, that's fine. Yeah, and I think a lot of people use sexuality to delegitimize things like like the way you're saying I felt that even a lot when I was coming to trans with like my transness and my gender Mm -hmm. because I was like well shit it turns me on to be called a boy Mm -hmm. and treated like a boy and do really gay shit with my sir (laughs) and like well I'm just one of those perverts that everyone (laughs) thinks the trans people are (laughs) That must be what's happening. I'm just, like, a filthy pervert who wants to live my fetish (laughs) 24-7. And, like, yes, and... (laughs) I'm also trans. Like, just because it's a part of your sexuality does not mean it's also not a part of your life, and that doesn't mean it's less valid, and that doesn't suddenly put this, like sheen of greasy stickiness on everything Mm -hmm. you know just because it's also a sex thing like i also think like in a manner of speaking living under the patriarchy we all kind of have daddy issues of one (laughs) type or another (laughs) and like i think that that is part of why this word is so hot to so many people along with other sort of masculine coded dominant words like sir because it's tied up in power and like literal real world oppression stuff and so that makes it feel 
challenging and difficult and loaded and you know I don't think that you need to judge yourself for having these feelings because I honestly think anyone who grew up in this culture would be fucked up in some way and I'm using that that term in an affectionate way because I love the ways that pervs are fucked up and I don't think that there's anything necessarily wrong with being fucked up (laughs) yeah yeah like I was talking I was telling stories about like all kinds of weird shit that happened to me in childhood recently and I was like wow it's amazing that none of those codified into kinks maybe they'll show up when I'm 40 I guess I don't know Uh, my dentist was a clown I'll tell this whole story one day (laughs) but like how do I not have a clown or a dentist fetish like that's how are how is none of that trauma part of my kink I don't understand so like some shit gets mulled around into the sexy video brain other shit just stays in the terrifying corner you don't like we're all fucked up somehow and we can't guarantee how it's gonna happen i'm dead i've died you can't and on that note folks thanks for joining us on the dildorks you can't just casually mention that your dentist was a Bro worked for Barnum and Bailey. Bex. His office was set up like oh my God, I'm his office was set up like a circus. He used to take the funny gas and put it in a clown nose and put it on you to get you all loopy. It's horrifying. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. I still have nightmares. Oh my God, fuck, <laughs> folks! Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of our podcast jesus christ i'll never be okay again after hearing that (laughs) um i have been kate sloan i have a sex blog at girlyjuice.net um i have other writing at katewritesaboutsex.com and you can follow me on twitter and instagram at girly underscore juice where's your stuff at I'm Bex. I'm at Bex Talk Sex on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find all my writing at BexTalkSex.com. Together with the Dildorks, we're at the Dildorks on Twitter and Instagram. You can also support us by writing a review in your favorite podcasting app. It helps other people find us and makes me smile, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and if you want to support us by throwing a little bit of cash our way, you can go to Patreon.com slash Dildorks. Gets you all kind of perks, like being able to see this live podcast and all of the many times I've tried to do this outro. And fucked it up. (laughs) (laughs) And other much more fun things. (laughs) So that's patreon.com slash the dildorks to keep us doing what we're doing. Thank you. Thank you also to Protodome for letting us use his song, I Want You In My Bedroom, as our theme song. That song's on the album called Chip Funk, which you can find at protodome.bandcamp.com. Thank you also to Amy Gardner for doing our art for us. And she's actually open for commissions right now and actively looking to do more commissions because she needs to get a surgery on her hand. So you should look her up on Twitter. Her username there is at Starboots underscore. And you should get her to draw your face because she's real good at that. That's so good. Yep. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye. I got spanked so hard that I burst into tears. <laughs>
that, but like also hard poly feelings. I was gonna say I, but I love you, but making you cry is not an astounding achievement. <laughs> no, but I don't. I don't usually cry during spankings. Like, it's it's very okay. rare. I've apparently um, been around some very special spankings. No, like percentage wise, it's it's happened probably five times or fewer in my life. Um, but uh, to dude's credit, he did not stop spanking me. <laughs> he just was like, "Okay, this is happening, I suppose." <laughs> so he knows me. He understands. I my was going to say. I mean, to be fair, when we're doing other like not non-sex things i'm always just like oh this is happening now okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm just like all right (laughs) meanwhile anytime i cry it's like what is happening (laughs) the world is ending oh god i had a feeling to be watching her right i met a chameleon the other day and my sir said i couldn't keep it because lightning would eat it that's delightful. <laughs> it was really cool. And it came with a cute human. And when I put the chameleon back on the cute human, it climbed into his hair and lived on his head. Um, did I ever tell you? Did I ever tell you about the time I went home with that stand up comedian and he had a pet chameleon? So I, of course, said, You're a comedian who has a chameleon. And he was like, I've never thought of that before. <laughs> How have you never thought of that before? <laughs> it's right there. Yeah, it's right there. It's right there. Did you hold oh the chameleon? God. No, I didn't want to. Why? I'm not a friend of reptiles. They have little grabby hands. They grab you like this. They have two fingers I, I'm... on either side, and they just kind of grab you. I really super don't want to be grabbed by a chameleon. It was holding my hand. It, like, held my hand and shook it. It was so cute. <laughs> it was, like, good to meet you, sir. It was a gentleman. Thank you for this business transaction. <laughs> a gentle chameleon. It was. That's a Charmander. That's what happens when Charmander evolves and puts on a top hat. <laughs> Fuck. Lol, baby doms. (laughs) No, I'm I'm like so I'm so dismissive of all doms who are not like my perfect dom. Now that I have found my perfect dom, it's like I need to cool it. But every time someone else tries to dom me, I'm like, you're not. No, who are you? (laughs) That's I was at TMSG the other night, and some random dude listened to me tell my story about. Uh, DDLG stuff and then afterward he came up to me and told me have a good night princess and I was like no No. did you miss the whole point of the story don't call me that no god it's so hot up here I'm gonna be literally dripping sweat by the end of this I'm wearing a tie we took a like buzzfeed quiz that was like what percent daddy are you (laughs) yeah it makes no sense I ranked pretty low too and I was like excuse you I should take that quiz. I would get zero. (laughs) You have no feelings about being called daddy? Not even Uh, by, like, a pretty femme? We both know the pretty femme I'm picturing right now. Oh, uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. I almost said the name, but I didn't have to. No, I I don't want her to call me daddy. 
Did I ever tell you about the person I fucked that called me mommy? Yeah, that's just like. I feel like you Somehow gotta check that's weirdly in before worse. you. We did. Yeah. Yeah. He asked me, and I was like, eh. and then I was like, meh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I bought a giant bottle of Sliquid Sassy, and I'm just so thrilled every time I look at it. <laughs> uh. It's just it's so much lube, I'm gonna get fisted. <laughs> but, like, for realsies, though, um, when I was ten, my dentist was a clown. Like, part-time worked at Barnum & Bailey, rest of the time was a dentist in an office that was decorated like a circus. Um, That's terrifying. And when he needed to numb you out, he put, like, a little clown nose on you with, like, the, the funny-ass oh stuff. Oh my god, no. Um, to get the, like, whatever that shit is into you, which never worked for me. I think it made me more aggressive, because I was always a pretty mellow kid, but I tried to punch a nurse. <laughs> Could have also been the clown shit. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that this dude was a kinkster? I have no idea. Um, apparently he was an asshole. My dad hated him. Um, so then, like, I, like, was yelling. So they pulled approximately eight teeth out of my head because I grew too many. And um, it was over a course of a couple different appointments. So for, by the second one, I had learned that this shit was not fun. Like a dog going to the vet. I was like, well, I know what happens here. Um, <laughs> and my dad was like, no, listen, they numb you out. The worst thing, like, you don't feel anything. The worst part is just the noise. You can hear the bone and it's inside your face. And that's like, that's creepy and uncomfortable. Like, that's the worst part. I was like, okay. He's like, so what we're going to do, I'm going to let you listen to my CD player because that's what year it was. <laughs> and... You know, you can pick any album you want, and we're going to listen to that CD. You can blast it as loud as you want and listen to that while they do it. And I was like, okay. And he and I picked Bad Out of Hell, Meatloaf, <laughs> still my favorite record to this day. Uh, so we go in, I'm calm, he gets me into the dentist chair, and I go, okay, Dad, you know, let, me, let me get the CD player. And he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot it. <laughs> Which is when I flipped out. Because he's like, we don't have time to get it. Lay down. Um, so I freaked out, tried to run and get away. So I had a nurse hold me down while a clown dentist pulled teeth out of my head. <laughs> and I don't know how I made it out of that oh my God. without any kinks about any of those things. Well, this is why you're like this. Obviously. Or phobias. <laughs> I don't have any phobias either. Like, no clown phobia. Clowns are great. I'd fuck a clown, but, like, I'm not into it. <laughs> like, it's not on my to-do list, but if I found a hot clown... <laughs> I'm gonna need you to stop talking about clowns, because otherwise I'm actually going to die. <laughs> <laughs>